listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business. I am your host, Ty Brown of SixFigureDogBusiness.com. Now, this is the show where we help you start or grow your dog-related business to a healthy six-figure per year profit or more. Now, today's show I'm really excited about. It's going to be a little bit different. In fact, it's going to be a lot different. Uh, If you've been a listener of this show, you've seen how we often do uh, shows that are interview base where we interview people in the industry and uh, we, you know we talk to them about what they're doing in the industry and what they're doing to make their businesses better today I'm going to start a series of interviews where I'm going to take you through a consulting client that I'm working with kind of as a case study to show you what we can do with the business and what you could hopefully do with your business as well so stay tuned right after the break we're going to come back and I'm going to start working on a case study with you of a grooming shop and uh, what we can do to make that business grow. So stay right with us. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Buster. You're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition. I guarantee it. Petco. With healthy pets go. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson to order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson, music to your ears. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, and I decided to do this series of shows for a couple reasons. Number one, as I'm recording this show, it is a brand new year. You know, it's the beginning of January. We've got a new year. People are looking to change their business. They're looking for what can they do take things to the next level to you know to make more money to have more time they're making resolutions 
And so now is a great time to be thinking, what can you change in your business and what can you do differently to take your business to the next level this year in 2012 or whenever you happen to be listening to this? And second, I was inspired to do this because as of today, I've got a new consulting client that I'm working with. And so for those of you that have listened to this show, you may know that I run a dog training business here in Utah, but at the same time, I do consulting for clients and helping them take their business to the next level and helping them see their business in a different light so that they're able to do that. And so today I started working with a grooming shop. Now, I'm not going to tell you where it is, who it is. Uh, I'm going to kind of protect their privacy because I'm going to talk some specifics about numbers and what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. And But we've got this new consulting client, and I got to thinking, you know, I'm going to be taking this client through a process where we're going to take them from where they are and hopefully grow things, uh, you know, grow their business and get to new revenue. Boy, wouldn't my listeners be interested in knowing how we go about doing that, what the process is for doing that? Because one thing that I try to preach and try to practice in my own businesses is processes. You know, uh, think about it. If you want to change the oil on your car, there's a process to do it. You don't just go start taking off nuts and bolts off your tire. There's a process to change the oil on your car. If you want to make a, a batch of cookies, there's a process and a recipe that you follow. And if you want to grow your business, there's a process. Now, every business is different, but there's certain key elements and certain kind of uh, pillars of this process that if you can do it, and if you can do it well, growth is almost guaranteed. Now, with my consulting clients, I typically don't guarantee growth, not because I'm not, uh, I don't have faith in my process, but simply I'm not in control of what they do. As a consultant, I can work with them and encourage them and uh, hold them accountable and check up on them. But at the end of the day, I can't make them implement anything. It's their business at the end of the day. And so they determine whether or not they're going to implement what I teach. And so that's where we're going to follow this over the next few months. We're going to follow this business and see how things go. And, and hopefully we grow things. Hopefully we get more revenue. Now, will I guarantee it? No. I do know that the systems that I'm going to help them put in place will work. Um, I'm just hoping that we can get them to work those systems. So for those two reasons, the fact that it's a new year and the fact that I've got this new consulting client, we're going to start going through, like I say, the process that I use to help a business have some really nice growth. Uh, and sometimes that's small percentages, sometimes it's huge. And so whether your business is down and you need it to turn around or you're looking to make this year a year where things go to the next level, this is a series of episodes that you're definitely not going to want to miss. So without further ado, let me get right into it. The first step I take with any company that's in helping them grow their business is an understanding, defining, and implementing their USP. USP is an abbreviation for Unique Selling Proposition. Now, before I define for you what a USP is, let me start out defining what a commodity is. Now, a commodity is a dictionary, you know, a dictionary might say something like, well, here's a dictionary definition that I found online. It says a physical substance such as food, grains, and metals, which is interchangeable with another product of the same type in which investors buy or sell, usually through futures contracts. The price of the commodity is subject to supply and demand. Risk is actually the reason exchange trading of the basic agricultural, blah, 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 blah. So basically, a commodity is a very definable good. For example, when you think about getting a package of beans, you aren't thinking you need to look for a certain brand, probably. You just want some beans. Or when you're going to the hardware store to get some nails and plywood, you know, it's these are goods that are just easily interchanged. The price of these goods is, is kind of set by the market. 
in that um, you know supply and demand. And so, you know, beans are going to cost X amount. Maybe some are a little bit more, some are a little bit less. Plywood, same thing. Some a little bit more, a little bit less. But these are commodities. Now, for us in the pet industry, in the pet business and dog-related business, commodity is a bad word. It's a four-letter word. We don't want to be in the commodity business. We don't want to be one of just a bunch of other services out there that's, you know, as the definition says, easily interchangeable with another. We need to stand out. Now, this has always been the case, but in today's economy, where the economy's down, we definitely need to stand out because being in a pet industry, a lot of us can have competitors with a low barrier to entry. What I mean by that is if somebody wants to be a pet sitter, they can just call themselves a pet sitter tomorrow. If somebody wants to be a dog walker, they can do it tomorrow. A dog trainer, a lot of people... In fact, I've known people that have read a few books and, and then throw up a website and start calling themselves a dog trainer. And so we're, a lot of us you know, are in an industry where the barrier of entry is fairly low. Not only that, we're in an industry which means that people can get started pretty quickly and pretty cheaply, but we're also in an industry that people like. You know, People love pets, and so a lot of people sitting there at their corporate job are you know dreaming of oh i wish i could just work with dogs all day long or or play with cats or whatever and so like i say because that's the environment that we live in in an oppressed economy we're in a position where we have to stand out uh we cannot be a commodity we cannot be you know interchangeable with with others and that's what our usp is our unique selling proposition it's what makes us stand out and defines us now let me give you a little exercise to do right now Go get your yellow pages. You know, you're, you're advertising yellow pages. Now, let's take a look at ads for, let's say, dog groomers, because I'm working with a dog grooming shop. And so let's look at an ad for dog groomers. Now, what do you see? Most of the ads are probably pretty interchangeable. They probably list the hours that they're open, their location, their phone number, their website. They probably say things like, we groom all breeds, or, or who knows what else. And so if you were to take the name off of, you know, the name of the business out of every one of those ads, what would you really see? Everything's probably pretty similar. And if you look everywhere in the yellow pages, that's the same thing. Look at your auto mechanic. What are you going to see? You're going to see open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. We accept credit cards. We work on all major brands or whatever, you know, and and then go look at... uh, you know, go look at any section in the yellow pages and you're going to find that if you take away the name of the business, that the ads are mostly, you know, pretty much the same, you know, very similar. So what does that do? That makes them a commodity. That makes it so they're easily interchangeable with others. So now let's take it one step further. What does that do from a consumer standpoint? Somebody that's looking to spend their money at the auto mechanic or at the dog groomers. Now, if everyone out there is basically offering the same thing, at least on the surface, that's what it seems like, the only way that the consumer has to tell them apart, well, not the only way, but the main way is by price. But, you know, they might be looking at location, well, this one's closer than that one, and that might make them stand out a little bit more. But the bottom line is, most consumers, if they view every company as offering basically the same thing, their main determining factor for which company they're going to work with is price. Now, folks, let me tell you, the last thing you ever want to do is compete on price. When you try to get your price smaller and smaller so you can compete, you lose your profit margin. Obviously, you're making less money, and it becomes more and more difficult to grow and expand or even just stay alive. Now, a lot of people out there falsely think, well, 
you know, we'll just compete on price and we'll make it up in volume, right? You know, and, and so, yeah, maybe our price is going to be less, but we're going to do double the work. Well, normally that's not the case for a couple of reasons. Number one, when you compete on price, a lot of people see you as your price. They'll see you as like, oh, you're cheap. You know, maybe I don't want to work with you guys. Oh, you're too inexpensive. That must mean you're not skilled at what you do. But also, it makes it almost impossible to grow or expand that business. And so let's say you are a dog grooming shop. And you say, okay, we're going to be the lowest price. Well, what that means is that uh, you're going to have lower price groomers, which means that you're probably going to have worse customer service and the job's not going to be done as well, which means there's less money left over for you because the margins are smaller, which means it's harder to make the rent. So yeah, you're doing all this volume, but because your margins are as slim as they are, it's so much more difficult to actually make the money that you need to make. And so being the low price leader is almost always a bad idea unless you're Walmart. And in fact, we're going to talk about Walmart here in a second and what their USP is and how they've actually changed it based on price and based on getting away from that cheap idea. And so, like I say, we do not want to compete on price. We want to compete on value, on what we bring to the customer, on what we bring to our clients. And that's where our USP comes in. It's what defines you as being unique to the competition. What you offer is not the same. And therefore, we don't want our prospects judging us based on price like they do with our competition. And if you're not different than your competition, if you're not better in this area, that area, and the other, then why are you in business in the first place? So let's talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of this of this grooming shop that I'm starting to work with. Now, in starting, they don't really have a USP. You know, they don't have, they are, they haven't defined what's different about them. You know, they do say, you know, uh, something, to, or, or they try to bring across that, you know, we're kind and gentle, which is good. That's a very good thing. You know, uh, people want their dogs to be groomed by, you know, someone that's kind and gentle. But a USP cannot just be, it needs to be compelling. There needs to be a call to action in that USP. It needs to be something that hits you at home. And so just about every grooming shop can say, now it's not going to be true for every grooming shop, but just about every grooming shop can say, you know, we're kind and gentle. And so by just saying that we're kind and gentle, that's not a compelling USP. Now, because they don't have much of a USP, what's happened here is, is in this town, for a long time, they were the only groom shop. Uh, if you go one town over, there's a Petco, and then if you go another town over, you know, as you start getting other towns, you know, there's there's other places. But in this town, there's they've been the only groom shop for a long time. And so what happened here recently in the last six months is another groom shop down the street opened up. Now, this groom shop is coming in about 10% cheaper. And so because the groom shop that I'm working with hasn't defined themselves and hasn't defined why they're different and why people need to come to them, even though they're 10% more expensive, they've actually lost some clients. Now they've got, you know, plenty of clients that are loyal to them because they like them, have been coming there for years and want to continue coming to them. But new clients that could have potentially come to them or clients that have just started coming to them are much easier to jump ship to go try out that cheaper place because they haven't defined what their USP is. So how do we do that? You know, let's talk about different companies and how they define their USP. In fact, we're going to go on a break right now, but when we come back, we're going to talk about some famous companies that you've heard of and kind of define what their USP is and how that's helped them. So stay right with us. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. 
Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go Go to PetMeds.com forward slash SFDB to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, so we're back, and in our last section, we were talking about the danger of not having USP. That in this case, in this groom shop's case, because they don't have a USP, they're actually losing business. We've also found that they're not retaining business because they haven't really defined themselves, and so they're kind of stagnant. They're not necessarily dying, but they're not necessarily growing, and in order for them to, you know, in order for her to do better, they're going to have to grow, and so... Without a USP, that's going to be next to impossible. We've got to define what's different about them. And so let's talk about a few companies, you know, and, and their USPs. And so Walmart, I'm not looking at the Walmart website right now, but if, if I remember correctly from the last commercial I saw, their new unique selling proposition, their tagline, their motto, what have you, is something along the lines of, uh, you know, live better, save money or something like that. Now, just a few years ago, they were the low price leader. 
Now, being the low price leader was not necessarily a good thing for Walmart. When they were the low price leader, they had to compete on price against Kmart, Sears, Target, and competing on price really hurt their margins. Meaning, you know, it, they were making less money as they were, you know, they were marking up their products less than the competition. And so when they were using lower margins, other things suffered. And Walmart started hitting the news because their employees weren't treated very well. And that happens when you can't afford to hire, you know, the best employees. And they made the news because they were supposedly uh, using sweatshops over in uh, different parts of the world. You know, and they had to kind of do that stuff in order to continue being the low price leader. And so when they were trying to be the low price leader and their commercials were that smiley face guy dropping the prices all over the place, they were competing on price. And as they did that, it hurt their bottom line. And so Walmart went through some times where things weren't as good. Now, Walmart's still a huge company. In fact, I believe they're, you know, the largest retail company in the world. And they've continued to grow, but they've continued to grow based on just this huge, massive momentum that they have. If they were a smaller company and they were competing on price, they would have been in big trouble. And as being as big a company as they were, if they were just competing on price, I think they'd be in huge trouble today. Now, Take that for what it is. You know, this is just some dog trainer analyzing a huge behemoth like Walmart, who's obviously run by a whole bunch of intelligent people. But I, like I say, I believe that they would have been in really bad shape had they kept doing that. And so as they realized this, they started changing their USP. And so now they're still about, you know, saving money, but they're talking about quality of life. And so they're talking about, you know, their advertising now talks about how, you know, if you do your grocery shopping there in your, your shop, you know, you'll save a bunch of money over the course of, of your year and that you're going to have good products and your quality of life is going to improve by by shopping at Walmart. So money is still and price is still in there, but they're talking about just the experience, you know, that people are going to have in shopping at Walmart. But think about it, you know, save money, live better. That conveys immediately a benefit, you know, to the person. I mean, uh, now USP doesn't have to be a tagline. It doesn't have to be a motto. The ones we're going to talk about to a degree are, but uh, it doesn't have to be a tagline. But like I say, what it is, is it's something that permeates through your entire brand and through the, the experience that your clients have with your brand. And so Walmart has changed theirs. And as a result, they're doing better as a company. Now let's look back at a different one. Now there was a uh, there was a company, there was a college kid years ago, he bought out a little pizza place and the pizza place was struggling and he decided to change things and he started offering delivery and guaranteeing delivery within 30 minutes. That little pizza place was Domino's and as this young man started growing the business based on the back of 30 minutes or it's free or or whatever, whatever their USP was, they were able to gain huge market share and turned into a massive company. Now notice, their USP did not convey anything to the effect of this is really good pizza or our, we use awesome ingredients or you know uh, we love the environment or anything like that. It just said you'll get your, your pizza hot and piping within 30 minutes or less. So that was their USP. And based on their USP, they grew like gangbusters and, and Domino's like I say, for a long time, was a huge player, if not the number one player in the pizza industry. Now, look at what they're doing with their USP now. If you've been watching their commercials, you'll notice they're now all about the ingredients and quality and new different products. And they're all about the end experience that the user's having. And so they can no longer get by on, we're the cheapest and the fastest. But 
the cheapest and the fastest helped them grow, but now they're looking to go, you know, they started to shrink because the cheapest and the fastest hurt their quality. And so now they're looking to grow again based on a new USP. Me personally, I haven't eaten at Domino's in years because years ago I just started realizing, boy, I just don't like this pizza. And I've got to admit, I've been thinking about going back and eating there based on their new USP where they're talking about quality ingredients, fresh ingredients, and things like that. And so their USP now, it used to define them and it helped them grow. And their new USP is actually, I've seen some trade reports, and they're doing much better with their new USP. And they're growing again because they've defined who they are and that permeates everything. It permeates how they answer their phone. It's in their advertising. It's in their stores. Everything now is about quality ingredients and good tasting pizza and good tasting products. Last one I want to talk about is Schlitz beer. Now, I'm not a beer drinker myself. I don't drink alcohol, but I'm familiar with the story of Schlitz beer. Now, uh, I don't know that Schlitz is everywhere in the U.S., but there was a time when they, they were a tiny, tiny company. And they were looking to grow, and so they hired a consultant to come in and help them grow. Now, this consultant, also the first thing he wanted to do was establish their USP, what was different about them, and what was unique. What story could he tell to the consumer that would make them want to buy Schlitz beer versus Miller Bud and everything else? And so as he was touring their plant, he noticed that they were doing something really cool with the bottles, some, you know, some sort of steam process where, and this filtering process where the bottles were super clean and the beer was super clean and pure, and, and he was really impressed by this process. And so he said to them, you know, hey, why aren't you guys, why aren't you guys promoting this? This is really neat what you do. You know, this is really cool. And the guy was like, well, everybody in the beer industry does that. And so the consultant said, but nobody's talking about it. And so this USP that they developed was just this clean, pure, fresh beer. Now, anybody else in the industry probably could have made that same claim to fame or, you know, same USP, but they decided to do it. And so they created this USP that's built around quality and freshness and purity of beer and the bottles that it's bottled in. And as a result, they gained huge market share once they unrolled that USP and made their, their public aware of that. So what does Walmart and Domino's and Schlitz beer have to do with you, the dog trainer, the dog groomer, the dog walker? You might think on the surface, well, you know, Walmart did $100 billion in sales last year. How does that relate to me? I'd like to do 100000 And on the surface, it might not seem like there's a lot related, but the reality is it's all related. Principles of business that are true are true across the board. And so just as Walmart, Domino's, Schlitz, and, and every other company needs a strong USP in order to grow, define themselves, and, and really speak to their consumers, you do too. And so how do you determine what your USP is? What you need to look for is things that are unique about what you do. Do you have different certifications that are, are unique? Do you have awards that you've won that are different? Do you provide something different with your service? I mean, if you're a groomer, are you certified on this breed of dog? If you're a groomer, do you offer something different with your service like uh, the Furminator process that some other groomers don't offer? If you're a trainer, are you especially skilled with aggressive dogs? Are you great at agility? Are you great with puppies? I mean, what is unique about you, what you do better? 
Now, let's niche it down, folks. We don't want to be all things to everyone. You can't say I'm the best at everything that was ever done. You need to figure out what's unique and what you're better than the rest at. And just like in the case of Schlitz beer, it might be something that you're doing really great that other people are doing as well, but that they're not promoting. You know, it, it could be a certification that you have that everybody in the industry has. Everyone else says, eh, well, everyone has it, so I'm not even going to bother mentioning it. Well, you might as well, you know, use that to promote your USP. Now, your USP, like I say, doesn't need to be a tagline. In fact, in my business, my dog training business, we don't necessarily have a tagline. But our USP is more about what we do for our clients. We provide a higher level service. We provide more expertise. We have trainers with more years of experience. And we focus on results. We don't focus on getting your dog to sit for a treat or anything like that. We focus on on actually solving problems and fixing problems and none of these tricks and fluff that some other trainers do. And that's kind of our USP. Now, that comes across everywhere. It permeates our entire business. And so when our office manager answers the phone and the voicemail talks about the awards that we've won and the email signatures that we have in our emails talk about the awards that we've won, And all through our website, it talks about the quality and the experience and the results that we get. And we highlight the testimonials that we've received from dozens of our clients. And and everything talks about quality and experience and, you know, strength and just the wonderful experience that people are going to have if they hire us. And that's why typically we are two to three times more expensive than our competition. Because we're offering something that's different. So when somebody is looking around at trainers and say, okay, you know, this big box retailer, they're 150 bucks for their classes. These guys over here, they're 150 bucks for their classes. This private trainer's 400 bucks. This private trainer's 500 bucks. This private trainer's 550. Oh, and then we've got this company over here that's 1200. Wow, but look at everything that they do. So even though we're two to three times more expensive, and like I say, comparing us to group classes, maybe 10 times more expensive, we're still more often than not booked 100% with several weeks of a waiting list because we've defined who we are and then we deliver on that. And so that's what we're doing with our grooming shop. We're starting to define what their USP is. And so we're going to bring that in, that they're gentle and they're kind, but we're going to bring in this neighborhood feel that, you know, we're your neighborhood groom shop. We're not the big box retailer. We're the neighborhood groom shop, but we're going to bring in the idea of quality and just different programs that they're offering that other, other shops don't offer. And so it's going to affect the way that we talk. You know, we're going to train their staff that, you know, when somebody comes in, Because we're the quality neighborhood feel, we're going to greet them by name. We're going to go over, give their dog a treat, say hello, and give them a nice, you know, pat on the head. And then we're not going to take the dog back and put them in a cage. What we're going to do instead is we're going to escort the dog into the back room and set them up at a suite. And so this is what I'm saying is once we define their USP, it's going to come across in how we answer the phone, how we talk to the client, what's on their website, what's on their advertising, what's on their marketing. So that as this USP permeates their entire being and who they are, now people look at them differently, right? And so when they see on the website all these testimonials and just how, you know, just the quality of experience people can get, well... Don't you think they're going to be willing to pay 4 or $5 more you know, to get that quality experience of people that are more professional, that are going to have better programs for getting their dogs groomed, etc.? Now, what about you? What do you do that's different? What can you convey to your prospects and to your current clients that's different? Maybe you're already doing it. Maybe it's something that you need to start doing. But whatever it is, you need to define it and allow it to permeate everything that you do. 
from your voicemail to your advertising to the way that you speak to your clients, you know, to the verbiage that you use. Everything needs to be consistent and all based on your, your quality-based USP. So in upcoming episodes here, we're going to talk about where we go from here. Once we've established our USP, what do we do to start growing the business? But it doesn't do you any good to get you know, a whole bunch more traffic to your website or to do this postcard program or postcard campaign to get more clients or this referral program or what have you. It doesn't do you any good to do that until you can very clearly and succinctly define who you are and why people need to spend their hard-earned money with you instead of with your competition. So I invite you to take some notes on what we've been talking about today and start implementing these things with your USP, define what it is, and I invite you to listen to episodes that are coming up. I know you're going to get some great quality content out of this. So if you have any questions about this or have ideas for a show, simply head to PetLifeRadio.com and click on Six Figure Dog Business. Or feel free to email me at Ty at PetLifeRadio.com or go to my website, SixFigureDogBusiness.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.